I want to speak to those that are saved and to those that are unsaved, maybe those that are just coming in just to, to check it out. But I'm gonna, I want to preach to you the good news of Jesus Christ and the victory that you get when you put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. That's salvation. Salvation is a life in a fight, but it's a life in a fight knowing that you have the victory in Christ Jesus. It's a big difference. Some people fight not knowing how it's going to end. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you know the end of the fight. You know what happens. You know that the victory is yours, but only if you know who God is in your life. And I think everybody in here can give me an amen to this truth that there is a fight that we have to fight each and every day. I'm going to need somebody to talk back to me this evening. Listen. The title of my message is simply this. You want to fight? Let's go. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into the text. Father, I thank you for the victory that we have in you. And Lord, we recognize that it is a fight each and every day. But tonight, I believe, oh God, that faith is going to rise up in every heart that's here in your house and every person that might be watching or listening. And I believe in the name of Jesus that you, God, are going to win the victory over the hearts of men and women. I thank you. You are our Savior. You died on the cross for, for us. You rose again on the third day and you are alive and we are able to receive you as Savior and we have the victory in you and we are able to fight each and every day. In your name we pray, amen and amen. If you have a Bible, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay because I'm gonna read enough of this text for you to be able to keep up with what God is going to reveal to us. But if you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to get one. Download the app. There are many options. As long as it, that Bible is a Bible that's talking about the love of Jesus, Jesus Christ, you download that app. If you're like me, get the hard copy. I'm a little old school because I like to take this thing and notes and highlight and, and, and just and half at it. I like to wear this down as it builds me up. First Kings chapter 20. If some of you got to say amen. amen. If some of you are still looking, say amen. amen. I'll give you some time. Title again. You want to fight? Let's go. And I'm not talking about the physical encounter. I'm talking about a spiritual fight. It's a fight that each and every single one of you here in the house have to face. There is a spiritual fight that is going on for your life. And the only way for you to fight this fight, the only way for you to continue to go on when you walk out these doors is you have to give your life to Jesus Christ. You have to be fully surrendered to him that you would be equipped with the power that you cannot produce in and of yourself. It's the power of Jesus that has been given to us through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, before I go on, anybody else now got 1 Kings chapter 20? Can I get an amen? amen. Ben-Hadad, his name actually means son of the false god. He represents wickedness. He represents evil. Ben-Hadad represents the devil himself. Verse 1, Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his army together. 32 kings were with him in horses and chariots. And he went up and closed in on Samaria and fought against it. And he sent messengers into the city to Ahab, king of Israel. And he said to him, thus says Ben-Hadad, your silver and your gold are mine. 
Your best wives and children are also mine. And the king of Israel answered, As you say, my lord, O king, I am yours and all that I have. I'll stop right there. It is always a fight. Every day brings on another fight. Every moment, each week, you're going to face opposition. You're going to face trials. You're going to face the devil. You have to understand that in this journey, without Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you will always struggle with doubt and unbelief as to whether you will be able to win the fight. Ben-Hadad shows up, always ready to pick a fight, approaches King Ahab and the people of Israel, and he sends messengers to King Ahab and tells him, listen, your, your children and your wives, they belong to me. And, and then King Ahab says, oh, I am yours, and all that I have is yours. Wrong answer, King Ahab. But his response was out of fear and not out of faith, knowing who his God is. A lot of times we will comply to the enemy's threats because fear has consumed us. Because we don't have a faith in a risen Savior who defeated sin and death. So he says, all right, yeah, sure. Church, don't give in to the enemy's demands. Don't be intimidated by the devil. Don't let him take claim of those things that belong to you. The devil can't have your family. The devil has no right to your children. The devil has no right to your blessing. Tonight, you will no longer be intimidated by the lies of the enemy. So you need to understand now who your God is, who Jesus Christ is as your Lord and Savior, the power and the authority that he's given you so that you will be able to respond to the enemy when he decides to come out of his mouth sideways. And as soon as he says, I am yours, King Ahab said, I am yours because he has no identity in who God really is. If you don't have an identity with God, then the world will claim you as his own. Did you hear what I said? If you don't have an identity in Christ Jesus, the world will claim you as their own and they will have their way with you. And sin will beat you up. And darkness will wear you down and imprison you. And so just like that, he just gives in to the enemy's demands. And so Ben-Hadad gets even a little bit more excited. He says, and sends more messengers and says in verse 6, Nevertheless, I will send my servants to you tomorrow about this time. And they shall search your house, oh, and the houses of your servants. And lay hands on whatever pleases you and take it away. You see, let me tell you something. You give an inch to the devil and he'll take a mile. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you surrender all. That's why we sing that song, I Surrender All. Leave no room for the enemy to show up and mess around with you. Never settle for those things in life that you think you can't get a grip on because what you're really saying is, devil, you can have that part, but at least I'll just get to church on Sunday. God wants all of you each and every day of your life. 
So now the threat gets worse because King Ahab didn't stand up for himself. And so here's this place now where he realizes, wait, oh man, I was, the very fact that he was actually willing to give up his children and wife, but then suddenly, as you read on in the text, he goes, oh my goodness, wait, wait, this, this ain't good. This is getting out of hand because now he feels like he can run up and he can destroy my entire community. And so he confides in some leaders and he comes to them and lets them know. He has a moment of confession. He lets them know that he did not refuse the demands. And in verse 8, all the elders and all the people said to him, do not listen or consent. Meaning this, do not be bullied anymore by the devil. You don't have to listen to the lies of the enemy, nor do you have to comply to the demands of the enemy. Enough is enough. Some of you have been bullied way too long. Listen to this. Because King Ahab was so compliant, the enemy becomes even more audacious and demanding. Without faith and the power of God, you'll let the devil bully you. Don't allow the enemy to talk to you any way he feels. People have been stripped of their dignity, robbed of their destiny, and left with no purpose because they give in to the lies and the threats of the enemy. Let God have the final say in your life, not the devil. When you give in to the enemy, you become a slave to wickedness. Give him no inch. Scripture goes on to give us this incredible journey of God showing mercy and grace because God will get the glory. So now he's heard from a few good friends and elders do not listen, do not consent. So now he comes to this place where now he's ready to speak up. So he sends message, a message back to Ben-Hadad and says, uh, you, you know what? Never mind. That ain't going to work. And Ben-Hadad gets really upset. And in verse 10, Ben-Hadad sent to him and said, the gods do so to me and more also if the dust of Samaria shall suffice for handfuls for all the people who follow me. I don't even know what he was saying, but I had to look it up in my commentary. Because I could care less when you talk about your gods. So when you start talking about your gods, I tune out because I do not listen and I will not consent. But for the sake of context, Ben-Hadad basically said, I'm going to reduce you to dust. But praise God for a little boldness that starts to rise up, starts to rise up in King Ahab. And he responds back and says, well, tell him this. Let not him who straps on his armor boast himself as he who takes it off. What? <laughs> Meaning this. Don't be bragging about a fight that you haven't started and you don't know if you're going to win yet. You see, we can boast like that in God when you know that Jesus Christ won the victory for you on the cross. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> when you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, the Bible talks about how you become a witness of who God is. 
that witness is your boast. Even in my weakness, I can still boast about the power of God. The victory that was won for me 2,000 years ago, when he wiped out my sin debt, when he made me a new person, when I went down in the waters of baptism and that old person came to an end. But when I came up, I'm a new person in Christ Jesus. So when Lyle refers to the fact that he still has battles, he can openly confess that knowing that he has the victory at the end of that fight. You want to fight? Let's go, devil. You want to get up all in my face? Let's go. I'm about to get real street up in here. I'm going to ask for your forgiveness right now. When Ben-Hadad in verse 12 heard this message, as he was drinking with the kings in the booths, he said to his men, well, well, take your position. And they took their position against the city. And in verse 13, you with me? Say Amen. I want you to know we ain't making this stuff up. And behold, a prophet came near to Ahab, king of Israel, and said, Thus says the Lord, have you seen all this great multitude? Talking about Ben-Hadad and the numbers that were coming after them. Behold, I will give it into your hand this day. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And I, and I love King Ahab. Hold on, hold on, we're going to shout soon. And, and Ahab said, well, Ahab said, by whom? And he said, well, thus says the Lord, by, by the servants of the govern, governors of the, dis, the districts. And, and then he said, this is, this is King Ahab asking these questions. So, so, so basically, uh, he had enough courage to speak to the enemy. And then God needed to come and reassure him he's going to be all right. And, and, God, and God says, that it's, a, it's a big army that's coming against you, but I'm going to deliver them into your hand. That's what I'm going to do. And then King Ahab said, oh, okay, who, who's going to do that? And then God says, servants will do it. Servants. Those walking in humility will be the ones that fight down the enemy. Servants. Those walking in obedience to the will of God will beat down the enemy. You want to fight? Let's go. Servants. Because servants is the same thing as soldiers in the army of God. If you're going to be a soldier in the army of God, then first you have to be a servant of God. Because when you're living as a servant of God, it is the power of God that indwells you, that calls you to fight when you need to fight. I don't know if you're with me tonight, but I'm getting excited. King Ahab still doesn't get it. He stood on, okay, all right, by the servants of the governors of the districts. And then he said, well, who shall begin the battle? I love God's response. You! I felt like God had like this subliminal, like, duh. Like this, this quiet undertone of like, what is wrong with this dude, man? I'm handing you my power. King Ahab said, you, who? Who, who's going to start the fight? You. Bro, you throw the first punch. This faith journey that we're on is not you and I on, on, on the defensive. We are the aggressors because we have the power of Jesus Christ dwelling inside of us. Stop sitting back Stop sitting back and allowing the enemy to oppress you and push on you and lie to you and tell you that you're nothing. The Father in heaven has given 
you and I approval to throw the first punch. When daddy says to throw the first punch, there should be a confidence that rises up. I, let, let me tell you, this past year was really rough in, in our home. My 14-year-old, she was, she was having some issues with some girls in the school. And she'd come home and she'd be worked up. And Now, you have to understand something and receive this with grace, please. I, I, I grew up in Virginia where everything is, you know, peace and calm and we do our best to just chill out. But my wife grew up in Manhattan. Oh, see? Come, come. So she, she has this brilliant way of, uh, of, of teaching our children the spiritual and the practical. Where I tend to lean on the spiritual side almost completely. But she balances me out incredibly well. So one time when, when Zaina came home, she was really worked up, very emotional about a girl that, that was pressing her and, 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 and teasing her and all up in her face and just, just making all this ruckus about nothing. And so my first response, you know, I, I try to step in first as the dad and go, you know what? You know, uh, princess, you, you just turn and just head down the other hallway. And the moment I said that, my wife goes, no, you don't turn around and just go down the other hallway. <laughs> Zana, you stand up and you defend yourself. Don't let nobody talk down to you. If they're going to bully you, you better say something. I'm like, honey, honey, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Because if she just turns and heads down the hallway, she's still leaving in fear. And she hasn't confronted the issue. Oh... Oh, oh, you're right, honey. <laughs> Amen. Some of you have been confronted by the enemy, always trying to oppress you, always trying to pick on you, and all you keep doing is turning down another hallway, still walking and living in fear and not standing in the boldness of Jesus Christ and saying, enough is enough. You want to fight? Let's go. Oh, Jesus, I'm running out of time. There was a first fight. Ben-Hadad, in verse 17, he sends out scouts, and they reported to him. This, this is going to be their first fight. Men are coming out from Samaria. And he says, the enemy says, if they have come out for peace, take them alive. Or if they have come out for war, take them alive. Well, here's my response to that. For every believer here in the house, we make no truce with the enemy. Nor will we surrender to the enemy. There is no peace agreement with the devil. We make no peace agreement with wickedness. Do not settle for those things that you may think you don't have a grasp on in your life. Those things that are sinful. Those things that are wicked. Those things that are dark. Do not come to an agreement with the devil and say, all right, you know what? You can have this 5% of my life because I'm living 9 to 5% for God. I make almost every service at Times Square Church. 
He is not allowed to have 5% of you. He is not allowed to have 0.999% of you. If you believe that Jesus went to the cross and died for all of your sins and defeated sin and death, then you must cut all of that out. This is the good news. The good news is the chains of sin have been broken when Jesus died on the cross. So why are you still dragging a few pieces of the chain link? Let it go. And the devil can't bind you anymore. Make no truce agreement with the devil. And we will not surrender to the ways of the world and darkness and wickedness. Are you with me? Can I get an amen? For the sake of time, I'm going to move it along real quick. By the grace and the power of God, because God gets all the glory, there's, a, there's this first fight that happens from verse 19 down to 22, and the army of Israel win the fight. And then the prophet came near to the king in verse 22. Come strengthen yourself. Consider well what you have to do, for in the spring, the king of Syria will come up against you. Wow. Get ready and stay ready to fight. Here's the truth of it, believers. There's really no downtime. We've got to stay ready each and every day by the grace of God. Now, there comes a point in verse 23. You with me? Say amen. amen. The servants of the king of Syria said to him, their gods are gods of the hills. This is, this is, the, this is, the, this is the, the conclusion that they came up with in regards to why they got beat down the first time. This is Ben-Hadad and his boys. Uh, the, the, the servants of the king of Syria said to him, their gods are gods of the hills, and so they were stronger than we, but let us fight against them in the plain, meaning the valley, and sure, surely we shall be stronger than they. But the enemy doesn't know the power of our God. The enemy doesn't understand that there is no limit to the power of God. The enemy doesn't know that our God is the God of the mountain and the valley. The hills and the valley. Oh man, devil, you're in trouble. There was this idea that only God shows up for his people on a good day on Sunday. Because sometimes on a Sunday, right, we can feel like we're on the mountaintop. Like everything's good. But come Monday, some of y'all might be able to get an, give me an amen on this. It feels like you're in the valley. Some of you on the job right now. Feels like you're in the valley. Your neighborhood might feel like you're in the valley. Some of you, even in your own homes, you might feel like you're in the valley. But God is the God of the mountaintop, which means God will meet you right here and he'll meet you at home. He'll be with you on your job. Oh my God. And so he, listen, he, it goes on. And then, uh, let me just get to this. The people of Israel, in verse 27, and camped before them like two little flocks of goats. It was a small little team. But the Syrians filled the country. Again, they were outnumbered. But it doesn't matter whether the odds are against you, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Listen. Another man of God came near in verse uh, 28. You with me? Say amen. amen. Another man of God. God is so faithful to continue to remind you that he's in control. And he comes again to King Ahab. 
and says, thus says the Lord, because the Syrians have said the Lord is a God of the hills, but he is not a God of the valleys, therefore I will give all this great multitude into your hand. Once again, God says, I'm going to give the enemy into your hand so that you shall know that I am the Lord, the God of the mountains and the God of the valley. And they encamped opposite one another seven days. Then on the seventh day, the battle was joined. And the people of Israel struck down of the Syrians 100,000 foot soldiers in one day. I can't even imagine what that looks like. And the rest fled into the city of Afik, and the wall fell upon 27,000 men who were left. God leaves nothing undone. He will finish what he started for you. That's why why when he he went to the cross, he said, it is finished. Which Which means you and I have this wonderful confidence because of the love and grace of God that no matter what fight I have to fight tomorrow, I've got the victory because of Jesus Christ. He is our God. He's going to fight your battle. It's... The mountain in the valley. That's where you'll find him. You know the story of King David? Remember, remember David and Goliath? Who, who knows that story? I need to make sure I know who I'm talking to so I can move it along real quick and we're going to pray. Raise your hand high. Okay, all right. Okay, some people don't know. And David was this little shepherd boy who was called by God to one day be a king. But before he became a king, he used to just watch the sheep and the goats in the field. One day his daddy came to him and said, go, go to your big brothers that are fighting in the army of Israel and give them some food. And so he goes to go give his brothers the food. And when he shows up to give his brothers food, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel chapter 17 that the army of Israel was standing on one mountain and the army of the Philistines, they're the bad guys, the army of the Philistines were standing on another mountain and in between them was a valley. David shows up, goes to give them food, and while he's going to give them food, all of a sudden he sees the army of Israel running afraid of something that's going on. And I picture the army of Israel running on by and David, a little shepherd boy. The Bible says young, ruddy, but he was a good looking dude. And he was just standing there like. And here's what he was looking at. He was looking at a, at a giant, the, the leader of the Philistine army. This giant stood over eight feet tall. He was huge. He was very threatening. He was so threatening that the entire army of Israel ran in the opposite direction. Every time he would stand in the valley and go, anybody want to fight me? If you fight me and you beat me down, you can have everything around here. You're good. It all belongs to you. But none of y'all want to fight me. You all are scared. And who is the one who showed up with a little bit of faith because he knew who his God was? This little shepherd boy named David. And he turned to the army of Israel and said, who is this? Who is he? Who is this person that's disrespecting my God? Who is this person that doesn't know how powerful my God is? My God, who's who's caused me to lie down in green pastures. My God, who has given me the confidence that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Come on, homie, let's go. 
You want to fight? Let's go. There's a little bit of drama that starts to develop here that gets us to this point where finally the king at this time, Saul, says, all right, young shepherd boy, go ahead. Do what you got to do. Go for it. And so once again, there was the army of Israel on one mountain, the Philistines on another mountain. Goliath would come down into the valley. And all of a sudden, the shepherd boy shows up with a sling and a stone. He's standing on top of the mountain. He stepped forward. I believe he stepped forward a little bit down so that you could see who it was that said, I'm going to fight you. And Goliath was very worked up about the fact that a shepherd boy was standing in front of him. So Goliath says, the Philistine says, you come to me and I'm going to give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. But then David says to him, remember what we talked about earlier? Don't be running. Somebody better speak up and say something. In the name of Jesus, I've got God on my side. He went to the cross and defeated sin and death. David said to the Philistine, oh, oh, for real? Oh, you're going to feed me to the birds and to the beasts. You're going to feed my body to the birds and the beasts. Oh, really? You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. What David's basically saying, you come to me with these little material things, but I'm confronting you with God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit. So you can keep your sticks and stones. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. There goes that once again. This declaration of who will have the victory. Our God is a deliverer. Right here. And then David says this, I'm going to strike you down. Not only am I going to strike you down, I'm going to cut off your head. Y'all seeing this picture? You, you, you see it? His brothers in the army back, back like, what in the world is going on? Dude, he's going to be slaughtered. He's standing there and he's looking across at Goliath. He's, I'm going to kill you today. I'm going to cut off your head. You said that you were going to feed me to the birds. Look it up in scripture. David said, guess what? I'm going to feed you to the birds and your entire army to the birds. Every devil, every demon, every wicked spirit, everything. I'm going to feed it to the birds. Now, this is what happens. He boasted about his God on top of the mountain. And he fought for his God in the valley by the power of God. Because God is the God of the mountain. See, on the mountain, on the mountaintop here on, on a Sunday, feels good. We boast about our God on, on top of the mountain. But in the valley, when you go home, I want you to cut off the head of Goliath. You hear me? I want you to cut off the head of addiction. I want you to cut off the head of fear. I want you to cut off the head of sexual perversion. I want you to cut off the head of every oppressive spirit. I want you to cut off the head. You want to fight? Let's go. I need some folk up in here that are tired 
of being oppressed and pushed around by the enemy. And all he can do is lie. You don't have to listen, nor do you have to consent to the devil. You have been given the power of Jesus Christ here in your hand. I know there are some people here tonight that are tired of being pushed around. The victory belongs to you. We're going to pray. And I'm going to invite some people to step out like David and cut off the head of sin. Cut off the head of darkness. It's not in your own strength. It is in the power of Jesus Christ that has been given to you through the finished work of our Savior Jesus. Salvation is a free gift of victory in your life. So take hold of your victory tonight. Tonight, you throw the first punch. We're going to worship. If anybody is willing tonight to throw the first punch and say, you know what, God? I have felt like I have been losing this fight and I am tired of feeling like I'm losing. God, I want the victory. I want salvation. I want to be free in the name of Jesus. I want to pray that every person here in the house of the Lord and those watching online, that you would truly be fully surrendered to Jesus Christ and that you would know you have the victory in Christ Jesus. Would you pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I stand here today and I confess I need you to be the Savior of my life. Thank you for dying for me, for taking my place. You paid for my sins. You rose again on the third day. And because of you, Jesus, I'm a new person. I have victory in you. Forgive me for trying to fight by myself. I know now you fought for me when you died on the cross. So now, Jesus, I am your servant. My life belongs to you. I will only listen to you. And I will trust you to help me fight each and every day. And I know now I have the victory. So you want to fight devil? Let's go. Because God is my God. He is my victorious warrior. And he will fight for me in the name of Jesus. I want you just to pray your own prayer right now before God. You pray in your own words. I'm not going to lead you word for word, but you pray in your own words because I know that some of you are facing a Goliath. And I want you to pray now, God, give me the strength to face this Goliath in my way. Give me the strength to cut him down in the name of Jesus. Deliver the enemy into my hand. 
set me free from the grip of darkness. You just begin to say these words. Set me free from the grip from the spirit of oppression. We come against it now in the name of Jesus. God, I'm asking that you would deliver your people, that you would set them free right now, that they would know that they are a new person in Christ Jesus. And God, you get the victory in their life right now in the name of Jesus. They are whole. They are whole. They are healed. They are now set apart for your glory. Oh God, I pray now that you would give them the strength never to bow again to the ways of the world, never to bow again to wickedness and darkness, but that they would know that God, you have given them the victory. God, I just pray now that each person here would know your spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you would believe that in faith right now, the Holy Spirit will fill you right now. And so you begin to pray that prayer right now in faith. Holy Spirit, come in and live inside of me. The Holy Spirit is this wonderful gift that God has given us to comfort and to lead and to give us the power and the authority to continue to go forward in the strength of the gospel and the salvation of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to come right now in the name of Jesus and fill the heart of every young man, every young woman, every mom, every dad, every grandparent, every brother, every sister, every cousin, every niece, every nephew in the name of Jesus. Every person here that has felt lonely, that came forward, that, us, that is struggling with loneliness, I pray that they would sense right now the peace of the Holy Spirit, that they would know that in their midnight hour, God, you are with them. Lord God, I pray right now that she would provide, that she would meet every need. God, I pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. For anyone here who is suffering from a disease, suffering from a sickness, suffering from something now. God, I pray for healing right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that your healing touch would move now across the house, Lord God. This is your house. This is, these are your people. These are your sons and daughters. And I pray for healing right now, physical healing. I pray for emotional healing right now in the name of Jesus. Every person who has been wounded by words, rejected by close loved ones, I come against right now those words that have haunted them in the midnight hour. And I pray that they would know that their identity is in you right now in the name of Jesus that you call them now sons and daughters, that they are now a chosen people, that they are now no longer orphans, that they are now no longer who, who that person has said they are. But God, they belong to you now in the name of Jesus.